everybody and welcome back to the pre-production meeting. This is episode 2 of season 3 but also episode 53 overall. I'm your co-host Josh Urquhart. And I'm your other co-host Daniel Kogola. And today is another special edition of the podcast. We said we'll be bringing bigger and better guests this year guys. We'll be changing it up a bit and uh, you know this is coming straight off uh, Dan right here's set. So firstly Dan before we get into the nitty gritty of it again we'll do a whole episode on the set and how it runs next time but Briefly, how are you feeling about it all? I'm feeling great. The uh, the shoot went super, super smooth. Like, I mean, it's sort of a testament to the three months of preparation that we did. Yeah. But, um, you know, you never really know how much luck you're going to have in terms of, I always say Murphy's Law, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong. But in this instance, not much went wrong. No. So, you know, the weather held out. Everyone in the crew got along mm. really well. Um. Yeah, everything went super smooth. Everybody says something always goes wrong, but I've noticed on Austin's recent, on my recent and your recent, nothing's really gone wrong. Yeah, which sometimes makes me worry because it's like, <laughs> is something going to go wrong <laughs> later, like in the edit? Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're always just waiting for that moment when the pin drops. Yeah, and how are you finding it playing around with your own original footage right now? Yeah, good. Like I've, I've sort of skimmed through it and then it's been, what, a week and a half, two weeks since we shot and we've already got an assembly and a first... <laughs> cut after that amazing because Lockie is just speeding through the edit mm. so it's it's looking good i'm i'm happy at the fact that the whole story seems to be there and it's engaging yeah which again props to anya for writing such a concise script mm. that you know it's a six minute script mind you i think the film is going to end up a lot longer because it is horror mm. and there's you, you know you gotta yeah you gotta build the suspense <laughs> you have these long takes where things yeah, are sort sure. of drawn out a bit so the assembly was about 12 minutes long. Mm. Um, the next cut it was is 10 minutes and 45 seconds. So okay. trimmed a little bit. It'll probably Amazing. end up being around nine <coughs> minutes, I'd say. That's good, man. So, yeah. That's that's what film festivals love. Not a yes. you know, 24-minute uh, chunk of a yeah. film. Yeah, how hey, are you we'll finding see. that? No, no. Look, we're, look, honestly, I haven't heard back yet from <laughs> any of them. Because all the notification dates start from like April onwards. Yeah. But um, it's getting very exciting, man. Yeah. It's getting very exciting it's with great. that. All. I had a meeting this morning with uh, Federico about oh, uh, yes. what's happening in the next year or so. And we got the soundtrack for Ozma coming out next month. Oh. Great. Uh, which I'm going to have that on repeat. Yeah, bro. He's mastered it even better than it was even yeah. uh, in the cinemas. So that will be releasing on Spotify soon. He's just got to do like a couple more things with it. And then we started talking about the next project and um, he's sending me a demo for one of the songs in the next movie by the end of next month, which is wow. incredible because we haven't even really- As in the one you've finalized. been writing- yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 cool. there, there's one song um, that that kind of goes over and over again throughout the yes, script. So okay. I thought I wanted a bit of a demo because we got to record it yeah. before shooting even starts, so we can plan some shit around. And how it. are you going with the length of your script? Because yeah. didn't you say it was something like forty pages? <laughs> well, it's about thirty six pages at the moment. So I'm like, look, oh no, thirty five. I was able oh, to cut that's it down. All right, then. Yeah. Um, it but but it is the best thing that I've written. And since you guys gave me your feedback. I've sent it to a couple people. Um, shout out Martin Cohen. Yes. I sent it to him and he was reading it and he called me and he was like, dude, I was in tears. I oh, was wow. laughing. He's like, this is incredible. That's great. Um, which is really nice because it means that I've improved from the feedback that you guys gave me, which was really, really fucking helpful. And then Federico as well, uh, hearing him talk about it this morning. Um, yeah, I won't go too far into it, but like saying he's got goosebumps. And so that. is he making you music that you're going to create the <coughs> film around or is it just for you to listen to while you write? Um, 
I can't say too much, but there is a particular. This is external from the soundtrack, so this is a song. That oh, I see. I see. For oh, I the see. actual yep. film itself. Um, so he's helping with that, and it's yep. going to be a collaboration, hopefully with um, uh, I can't say, but yeah, it, it's a whole thing. But it's looking good. It's looking up, and um, yeah, really excited. So we're just Connor. I had a dream last night that Connor was fucking chasing me for the script. He tracked me all the way to work and was like, "Where's the fucking script?" <laughs> Anyways, guess what? About an hour ago, I got a message from Connor going, "Hey, bro, how's the script?" Going. Was he friendly in real life? Yeah, he was. He was, he was <laughs> okay, but because he responded to the to the story of Federico oh, yeah. that I put up. Um, yeah, it was just funny. I was like, bro, you would not fucking believe us. I dreamed about you last night. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, me and Taha have another session next week, and we're gonna finalize it, and then um, yeah, we'll send it out, and I'll create a Bible with it. And uh, the way that I'm gonna create the Bible this time is pretty interesting. I, I'm gonna create. It's gonna be massive, and half of it will be for people to read before they read the script then there will be an intermission kind of where they have to read the script and then an after part of the Bible for after they read the script <laughs> right, as okay. well. Wow. Um, so a lot of it, it... Very it, interesting. Yeah, there has to be a whole... It's Because it's non-linear, so I'm having to put in diagrams and I'm, I'm excited. Amazing, it's going to be man. good. But yes, anyways, without further ado, the two guests that we have on today are some of the most incredible, experienced, yet up-and-coming talents both me and Dan have worked with in the acting field. After a combined 20-plus hours of rehearsals between our two movies and six whole shooting days with the both of us, I'll say we know each other quite well and maybe too well, which in all will create a chaotic and amazing podcast, which is why we had to get them both on. They both dabble on stage in different worlds but have come together as the main characters in myself and Dan's latest films. It's Jared Keane and Emily McKendry. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How are we feeling? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Is this your both first podcast or have you you, you dabbled in this kind of world before? No, first one popping the cherry. I've dabbled. Fantastic. You've <laughs> dabbled? Have you had, have you guys by any chance, I reckon you guys should create your own podcast. What do you think about that? No, I think anyone who has a podcast is just such an arrogant wank. Yeah. Uh, look, man, we, we try our best. We try our best. All right. Um, no, I've, I've had a podcast before and uh, it's just, it's not my vibe. It's not. Yeah. You were hosting Not my it? skill set. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, I can imagine you both hosting a podcast. It's it's a lot of work to keep yeah. going weekly. It's the consistency. Yeah. I think it that's is. the hardest. Yeah, part. that's what was killing me. Yeah, yeah. You have and I'm just shit at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. So, yeah. You are constantly <laughs> marketing on here. So you are fantastic at marketing. You are. Tell you that are. to the fu- <laughs> to the five people who listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, we don't get that much like listeners as well. We just like yeah. no, no. You can look I mean, at the try, artwork yeah. of my podcast and be like, yeah, that's crap. Yeah. Well, I didn't even get the sound right. I didn't get a cool studio. Yeah. Look, man, we pay a lot of money to be here yeah. um, each week. <laughs> we actually oop, this set it's ourselves. So funny, Emily. As well. oh, yeah. What, nothing. What's, what's uh, funny? I was just, you know, the ambiance. It's just incredible. It's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what? Out. I will say. <laughs> I am also. I am feeling generally good, but I'm also kind of in a bad mood now because yeah. I didn't get a look at the horologist script. Oh. Not many people have. I think a whole number of 
three or four people have seen that really? so far. Well, yeah. that's you got to you got to round that up to five. Well, I yeah. mean, considering yeah. it's about time, mm. I think it's about time that we got oh. to read the script. <laughs> I believe that was very good. Give us a dad joke. Um, uh, all right. Um, I'm so over it. No, I got... <laughs> on, on I set, got, I got, just dropping. No, I, I got two, but it depends. I'll give you one. You yes. Pick one. Do you want the PC one or the, or the like, the... Non PC. Non PC. Like oh, the non PC. Right. Oh, it depends how non PC. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you both because then okay. you can pick which one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you guys hear, that's what we went for yeah. in the All podcast. Right. So, okay, I won't say the first one. Okay. okay. No, the first one. Yes. Why can't dinosaurs clap? Why? Because they're dead. Ooh. <laughs> that's not really jokes. Just like straight <laughs> facts. <laughs> I'm kind of sad now. <laughs> Sad about dinosaurs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's the next one? And then the first one. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said what you did there. <laughs> so a pack of kangaroos mm-hmm. is called a mob. Okay. A pack of camels. That's why your dad left. Oh. Wait, what? I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. They're cigarettes. Oh. oh. Wait, called camels? Yeah. Oh. Camel cigarettes. I didn't know that. Oh, that's not. Well, Super that one non PC. That's that all right. That went well. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go with the action yeah, first. Damn, yeah, damn, you can choose yeah. what you put in. Add in a little Come like on. studio clapping yeah. effect or something in the background. Laugh track. I'll just take some footage of us from the other podcast, like laughing our heads. You can redeem yourself. Exactly. Tell them the one with all the racial slurs you like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, let's not. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into this, guys. Um, this is the first intro point. Just if people don't know who you are, yes. Um, where are you guys at individually? Right, you guys can answer this separately. Where are you guys at in your character arc of being an actor in the industry? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> who should we start with first, Jared? Yeah, Jared, oh. kick us away, my friend. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. Where am I in my character arc? Yeah. Like where 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 would you place yourself on the timeline of you? I'm being still waiting for the inciting incident. <laughs> yeah, there, he's like perfect answer, mate. Simultaneously <laughs> waiting for that, but washed up. Yeah, yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I I'm in the death way. equals stasis part. <laughs> something needs to change. <laughs> what about you, Em? Um, I would say that you know those people that just work hard and slog and and, and then never become anything. That's what holy no. shit. Oh. That was, that was a joke to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <Okay>. carry on. <laughs> um, no, like I feel, because I'm, I'm still relatively new to screen mm-hmm. um, acting. Like I've been doing a, a, quite a, like theatre for quite a few years now yeah, yeah, in yeah. Sydney. So I think I'm just kind of st- getting really, um, starting to pick up some, momen- some momentum with, yeah. with screen. So yeah, good. Are you allowed to say, we can cut this out. Are you allowed to say what happened this morning? Oh um, no. I can. Well, Briefly. I booked um, a job. Nice. Um, <laughs> what can that's you confidential. Say? Um, nice, nice. With a high nice. profile. With actor. a high yeah. profile actor. Very nice. good. There we go. Amazing. Well, do you guys want to kind of give us a brief, like, build on that a bit, little bit on, you know, where you guys kind of came from to get to the place where you are now, I guess, so people have a bit of an understanding of your background and stuff like that? Well, I come from a very upper class background. I'm from Tari. Nice. Um, and so, you know, I did, you know, like just drama during school and things like that. I always, yep. I always knew it was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then I 
went out to Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga. Yeah, the nice. high seat of acting training in Brilliant. Australia. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but I love my time there. So I did a three-year Bachelor of Acting. Mm-hmm. And then um, November 2018, I moved to Sydney. And the day I moved to Sydney, I actually got a job with a true crime tour company. Mm. And from that, <laughs> that kind of led to a whole thing where you really don't know what think like opportunities are going to come out from what because I almost cancelled that audition Mm, because mm. I moved to Sydney that day I was so tired and I was like I can't start off my whole Sydney journey cancelling you know my first ever audition Mm. and so I went and then from that um, I ended up performing in over 200 theatre shows as an interactive actor and I ended up theatre production manager about managing for that company for several years Mm. writing my first plays through that company you know producing through that company and now I've started my own theater company that all came because i didn't cancel that well, one audition plug it yeah oh oh odyssey theater <laughs> <laughs> there odyssey you go. theater company um so it's yeah specializes in interactive theater or mm. innovative theater in some way so Amazing. check it out uh but make sure you go to odysseytheater.com.au yes com because we own america different? yeah yeah and how how's that all going for you it's going well <laughs> um there is so much involved with I knew there's a lot involved with producing a show, but producing a show through your own company, mm. that's a different ball game. Yeah, so right. there is so much stuff that you wouldn't even consider, mm-hmm. um, which I there's no way I could do it by myself. So I've mm. got a fantastic team. So shout them out. Caitlin, Beck. Shout out great. Caitlin, Beck. Um, Amazing. Yeah, like it is. <laughs> shout out. They're amazing. They're amazing. Um, but, you know, it's like the more you do things in this industry, the more you realise <coughs> it is so reliant on collaboration Yes. with other people. If you try and do it yourself, it's going to take you so long and just be such, you know, a marathon. Whereas if you um, involve other people and work with other people, don't get me wrong, it's probably still going to be a marathon, but at least there's yeah. like people holding out drink bottles and snacks along the way. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. 100%. And like, it's also like important to like, you can still be in a collaborative environment, but having those right people to collaborate with, like we've been on sets where it's just been trugging along and it's a pain in the ass. And what we were just saying before the podcast, you know, the last couple of sets we've been on, we've surrounded ourselves with people that we work well with and yeah. uh, nothing, fingers crossed, has gone wrong mm. as of yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry to interrupt that. Continue, Emily. <laughs> <coughs> so interrupted. Yeah. Um, but no, so that's like kind of the theatre side. Yeah. And then um, my first like real kind of proper short film was Ozma. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I can't believe that. How did you find that as your first <sighs> short film? What was the experience like? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I'll say that loud. I loved it. Actually, <laughs> sorry, elaborate on that and then I'm going to ask you, how did you find that compared to being on my film? <coughs> yeah, um, so yeah, we're going to compare you. <laughs> Who's um, better? No, I'm no. Well, no, it's more so the fact that she went from a small support, supporting role to the lead. Yes, yes so. exactly. And a change of genre yes. Yes. as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I loved Ozma. When I first kind of um, saw the casting, I thought it was this small, tiny, little, you know, little little world. (laughs) And then more and more people kind of started joining the little Facebook group. This is getting quite sizable, isn't it? And then um, it came to the, I got the call sheet and I was like, whoa. (laughs) You have to scroll? Yeah, yeah. And then the first day on set, because it was my first day, it was day three, I believe. Yeah, yeah. All of you. I showed up at that, you know, that beautiful (coughs) 
venue, um, Castle Ray Boutique. Yes, that's yep. it. Yep, yep. And I walked in and I was like, <laughs> we're playing now, son. Like, yeah. it was, I don't know why I did that. Fair enough. Man. But it was amazing. Like yeah. the, the sheer scale of it was amazing. And I loved that doing, because um, my scene was quite comedic. Mm. Um, and I loved doing it with Jared, who is a comedian. Wow. Because we just bounced off each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I really couldn't have asked for a better first experience, I think. Cool. Yeah, on set. It was fantastic. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then moving on to Dan's and you had film. A sweet costume as well. Yeah, all oh, the I costumes did. as well. Ah, oh, I loved it. Fantastic. I loved Mrs. Fanshawe. Mrs. Fanshawe. <laughs> Gonna get her own spin off. Oh, well, she better. <laughs> she better. <laughs> but yeah, mo- moving on that yeah, to, moving to, on. to Dan's set. How did you find that? Change of genre. Yeah, mm. right. Change of pace. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I loved it scene. for like in a completely different way. Yeah. yeah. Because. I loved the sheer scale of Ozma. Mm. I loved how stripped back in comparison mm. yeah. Baron felt. How intimate. Like. Yeah, I wasn't wearing a fancy costume. Yeah. I didn't even have, I looked like crap, you know, on purpose, hopefully. <laughs> um, but it, because it was really just stripped <coughs> back to this, it was a story about this couple and it just stripped it back to that mm. and the simplicity of that, which ended up being like the messiness of that and yeah. really being able to delve into those characters for yes a yes a horror, but I would also really say a drama. Of course, yeah. Yeah, being able to kind of delve <coughs> into that. It was a challenge. I play a lot of comedic roles. I don't do a lot of drama. I love it. I just don't get the opportunity to do it very very much. And so being able to be in that environment, which was so collaborative and such a fantastic group of t- like people working together. Mm. I love I love that. It felt like a tight knit little family. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I had a ball. I also like stabbing Jared. So. Fantastic. And you, you did mention that you you know your first scene was with Jared, who is a comedian. Now, Jared, would you like to give us a little rundown where you are in your character arc? Where did you come from, and uh, where you are now, my friend? Where did I come from? Where, where did, did I go? you go? Yeah, I did. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, fuck. Yeah. Life story. Life, Life story seconds. time, my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess we'll start right at the start. I also, as soon as I knew about films and acting, um, I wanted to do it. I was really, really cocky. I remember being in like primary school and just prancing around like, I know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Yeah. Really annoying. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like wanting to be a child actor and yeah, nice. do any play, any production anything I could get my hands on. Um, and that continued all through high school. Um, I was able to do plays all throughout high school and even short films. We got to make a couple of short films in media mm. studies in year nine and 10, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately I left the, the first high school. I don't want to go into that story. Mm. But anyway, I went to Newtown Performing Arts um, for high school for year 11 and 12 yep. and fully with the belief that I'm going to be an actor. I want to be a serious actor. People don't believe me because they know I've done stand-up for most of my adult life. But I always wanted to be like in both comedies and serious dramas. I yeah. idolized Jim Carrey and Robin Williams for that specific yeah, thing. of course. So I was like, I want to do that. Mm. Um, and then I had such a bad experience the beginning <coughs> of year 11 at uh, Newtown High. I got, they do like two plays a year. So there's lots of chances to perform and then lots of little things. Yep. But the first play I got cast in... Uh, you don't get a choice. You just do a monologue and they just pick you for 
a thing. So the first experience I had was like this really avant-garde, weird as hell play with this very old <coughs> lady who was just had, she kind of, you know, the villain in Matilda? Sure. Like that. She just fucking hated yeah. us. Yeah. She was so rude. <laughs> looked down her nose at us. Yeah. It's like we're all 16. Yeah. But she looked at us like we were 10 or something. Just like, yeah, yeah. So she never tried to explain anything. And I just thought like the whole vibe of, of acting of that kind of, do you know what I mean? With like overly theatrical sort of wanky pretentious. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. yeah. It was such a turn off for me that I was like, I don't care about acting. So the yeah. whole point of going to that school was to hone my acting craft and hopefully get to the stage where I would get into NIDA. But I was just like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I got more interested in writing and then I spent, yeah. then I spent my first years out of high school um, writing a shit ton of poems that I hope never see the light of day. Really? Yeah. Why is that? It's it pretty bad. Pretty bad? Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out how to write. I remember getting compliments like, oh, you have talent, just you need to work on the skill. Yeah, right. But that's that's <laughs> every writer out there. It's yeah. it's very hard to write effectively because there's so exactly. much to it. It's like you've got to figure out story structure and then you've got to figure out dialogue Characters. and like the flow of yeah. dialogue is like a multifaceted thing. So it's like dialogue that's efficient, dialogue that reveals character, but in a way that's not too on the nose. Like it has to have so many different layers to it and mm. meanings and it's it's very difficult. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even just getting a story together is yeah. like so hard. So when you yeah. try and jump to the end of, well, I wanted to also be really nuanced and I wanted to be really beautiful yeah. and poetic and meaningful. Yeah. It's like just figure out fucking A to B. What it's about yeah. the story. It's also super hard doing it by yourself. I've yeah. realised. I mean, yeah. writing itself, you can. I reckon you can do both. But like, I've found like definitely like conceptualising and coming up with ideas is so much better when you have somebody to do it with you as well. Yeah. But have then you, you also have to go through the learning experience of how to be humble and how to accept feedback. Yes. Oh, to, my God. Yeah. How yes. to understand why <coughs> they're giving you suggestions and how to sort yeah, of like take yeah. the um, suggestions and then just swat them away and go, okay, which one was working? Which one yeah, 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 yeah. Real, real hard. It is. It's a very personal thing and it does hurt when you get that feedback sometimes. It's not what you want to hear, but you've just got to, if you really care about what you're doing and you want it to be the best that it can, you've got to take that feedback and yeah, and yeah. keep on going. Exactly. Yeah, so after high school, that's when I focused on doing stand-up comedy because you don't need anyone else. Yeah. I, I didn't need anything except to just go to pubs and just practice doing stand-up. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of what I did for all of my 20s. Yeah, right. Um, was do that and then as my 20s were winding down i was like oh i don't think i'm gonna explode with stand-up comedy because my goal was to succeed in stand-up and then be able to jump back into the acting world yep. that i left behind uh, and then yeah as i was getting older i was like uh, let me just figure out a different path into it because i was kind of losing interest in stand-up um and then i just started doing the usual things student films mm -hmm. whatever i could get web series and stuff and then I went to film school and was like, learned how to do all the behind the scenes and just everything, mm. and then all the connections, and that's kind of just what I've been doing for the last few years. And now you're back to comedy as well, though, right? You're taking the show on the road, Jared. I still do stand up, <laughs> yes, but your show was fantastic. It was we, great. We, we, we talked Josh about it on it. here. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. did. Listen to that episode. <laughs> 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 we did, but you're taking it to Newcastle now and stuff like that, right? Yes. Yeah. So next um, next month I'll next be month. doing two shows. The Friday and Saturday before St. Patty's Day weekend. Yes. Yeah. I'm expanding even more um, on my roots and my connection with my father. And so that sort of, yeah. you know, especially because it's in Newcastle, which is where I was born. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. 
not supposed to grow up there. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't. Yeah, right. Well, then. <laughs> mean. I'm sorry, Newcastle. You're not. <laughs> Please come and see my show in Newcastle. Tari sh- has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> the, the show's fantastic. So if you guys are around. It's definitely like, worth checking out, guys. We'll definitely plug it on the social medias and stuff. So if you're around, oh, go, go visit the shows. But I think this leads us into the next kind of questions. And I think you both can answer this. You come from a theatre background. You come from a com- comedy background. Um, what, what are your... I guess preferences, like in terms of like, do you prefer theatre, do you prefer comedy, and where's the crossover, where it, when it comes into like, what skills can you take from your world that you're now using in the kind of film world? So okay, I guess I'll answer first. Yeah. So yeah. I I'll start off by saying I love theatre, mm. and I also love screen because of their differences. Yeah. So theatre. I fully believe that everyone who loves theatre is a junkie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're go- where you're going yeah, with this. It is. Uh, hi, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> Wait, who likes going to visit no or likes being in it? Being in it. Oh, right. Being in it. So not oh. the people that love theatre and love no. going to see no. Frozen at no. the at the whatever. Ca- they're all no, junkies. Not, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, like, Elsa gosh. lovers. <laughs> oh, I love the snow. Yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm talking about like as, as <laughs> like it being a theatre actor because theatre, the very nature of it, it is live. Yeah, you crazy. only get one take. Yeah. If you mess up, you fuck up. Yeah, you have to fix it in yeah. that moment. You have a paying audience right there mm. that is is waiting for that. They don't know what happens next, so you have a split second chance yeah. to pull something out of your ass and fix it. And often in the shows where that happens, especially interactive theater mm. where sometimes audiences, you cannot predict that what an audience would do. They've done some of the weirdest shit you've ever seen. The audience? Audience, yeah, in interactive theater because they're part of the show. Oh, and That's yeah, hard. Of course. That must sometimes hard. they love just messing with the actors and other times yeah. they really just like dumb as shit. That's like, <laughs> I'm sure that's like comedy audiences as well, like with hecklers and stuff like that, right? Yeah, 100%. Have you experienced that much? Of course. I've been oh, really? stand up for 20 years. What's that like? Yeah, when you get a heckler, they just won't shut up. Uh, I mean, they vary. You know, yeah. There's no monolithic heckler. Mm. Um, there's just, especially because I've done lots of, uh, I've mostly done bad gigs. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jared. <laughs> Not this one though, you lads. <laughs> if you guys want to go see the new show. <laughs> no, I mean, I've done, I've done bad, I've been on bad shows. Yes, I've been okay. on shows Fair, that are yeah, at yeah. bad venues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, like where people don't have to pay to come in. They just leave a donation or it's this, that or the other. So I've done lots of shitty shows like that. Um, mm. And the heckling is usually um, people just trying to be funny. They don't like that there's something going on in the pub that they're at. Mm. Um, and the majority of oh, yeah, ones okay. uh, beyond those, even in like a good venue, most of the hecklers will be a dude who's trying to impress people who thinks he's funnier than the comics. Yeah, Maybe young, maybe very old. Um, but then the other made mm. one, I think... Um, I'd say the majority of hecklers are drunk, young, hot women. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Can you name or tell any stories of experiences that stick out to you? And I'm going to ask you next with theatre as well. So keep thinking. Actually, no, I've got to split that in two really because there's young, hot women who obviously just don't (coughs) care about anything that's not them. The the super vain, self-indulgent people who get too drunk two Pinot Grigios and <laughs> they're not, e- they don't even realize that they're heckling. They're just talking to their friends really loudly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair. Um, but yeah, no, I should split that because actually it's more common that they're, um, 
45 plus. Yeah. Right. And they're trying to help the show. Help the show? Really, quotations? Yep. And then yeah. after the show, they'll come up and get real handsy. Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my God, you were so funny. You're so, <laughs> you're so good at this. Have <laughs> <laughs> oh, you been for real about that? You're single. I don't know how. I think you're going. Oh, someone lock you down. Come here. And you just see the red wine-stained teeth. Yeah, oh, yeah crazy. Man, Do you get that much in theatre, Em? Um, <laughs> 45 well, years old. 45 <laughs> There's, there's two stories in particular that stick out to me from my interactive theatre yeah. life. One of them was just, she, you know, um, she just wasn't very intelligent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And, you know, we open up for a question segment and, and I was doing this show and I was playing a cop mm. and she asked this question. I don't even remember what she asked. I just remember everyone was quiet for a moment because everyone was digesting what she'd said and being like, what? Mm. Like, uh-huh. And what did she say? <laughs> I don't even remember. It was just one of the dumbest questions I've ever heard. Okay, right. <laughs> like everyone was like, literally thinking, like, did she? What? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a night sh- time show, and we'd given all the audience tor- torches. And I said, Do you have your torch on you, ma'am? Yeah. Can you get it out? Yeah. Can you turn it on? Yeah. It's a lot brighter than you are. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> even our are dad jokes. That's yeah. <laughs> Emily, you savage. <laughs> oh, Emily. Only time I've like r- broken character really. In Did it. everyone laugh? Yeah, it was like oh, I dropped a bomb. It Imagine like, nobody one, laughed. There was one guy on the <laughs> ground crying. Like, oh my God. Was, yeah, and then the other one was, and this is the only time in interactive, I'm always very, because audiences do love to be insulted, yeah. but you have to know where the line is. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they so I never insult anything they can't change. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. I love to insult outfits. Someone yeah. shows up wearing like a checkered pattern. I either call them a picnic rug or, yeah. I, or I call them a lumberjack. Fantastic. Okay. Aren't Things you like wearing that. checkers? Oh. 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 Below the table. Just saying. Well, if I'm a lumberjack, you are axed, Jared. Oh, uh, <laughs> fuck me, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was one show where I, I thought I crossed the line because there was this guy who was there and he was older. Um, and he was there with a much younger woman who was his partner, clearly. And during the play, um, I was a character and my dad was also a character as well. Mm. And this guy kept heckling me the entire <coughs> show. Like all these like innuendo comments about me getting together with my with my dad. Right. He just would not stop. Ugh. And then we're walking to the final scene and he goes like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you know, you're getting it on with your father. And I said, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, man. but I turned around and I said, oh, is that what's happening here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. And he was just quiet for a moment. Ooh, I was like, oh, my God. This, oh, no, no, no. And then he just quietly says. You're very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's fantastic. Holy shit. It, actually, do you, do you want to give a brief description of what interactive theatre is for yeah. people that don't know? So interactive theatre, how we do it at um, my like Odyssey Theatre Company is mm. it is still a play, um, but it has escape room and interactive elements. So there is an un- unfolding story that takes place, um, but in order for that to continue going from scene to scene, mm. the audience is required to fill in the gaps. Yeah, right. So that's when it becomes, that's you fantastic. know, you got to fix it on the fly if the audience does not do what they're meant to do or yeah. solve what they're meant to solve. you got to figure out a way 
to yeah, make right. it work. So is it more improvisation than script? Oh, it's, it's half, half, okay. I would say. And it depends on what role you have. So typically we have several characters that do interact with audience, but they're mainly, their role is as um, their, like, their character in essence, carrying forward the narrative. Mm-hmm. And then you have probably one character that I would call the guide character mm-hmm. who is responsible for the bulk of like the audience interaction, improvisation. I also call them the showrunner because yeah. if the show goes off the ra- rails, that person needs to be able to save it. Yeah. Especially if the other actors aren't as experienced in interactive theatre and mm. something happens and they don't know how to how to move forward, showrunner steps in, steers it back on track. And so I love playing the showrunner, which is what I normally do because I love how challenging it is. That's cool. And that's where the junkie element comes in because <laughs> – yeah, you're, you need to you're firing. That. You're firing so quickly. <laughs> right. But you're, you're firing so quickly, yeah. and, um, like adrenaline at its highest, because you're like, okay, anything's coming at me right now. I got to know exactly what I'm doing. I got to know what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Like, and I got to know the story inside and out, so that anything that happens, I can immediately improvise a scene or improvise something and get the story back on track. Yeah, right. You know what it reminds me of when I used to work at Sky News and it was live television. <laughs> and when something would go wrong, like, and you, you know, you'd accidentally send like black to a live screen I've or something that, and then the audience times. is watching. It's like, yeah. you've got seconds to fix it because it's live television. Mm. And Bringing it back, <laughs> right? Um, the junkie. Yeah, but also <laughs> like uh, uh, what you prefer. So you prefer the live element compared to film? Is well, no. So that's what I love about yes. theatre. Yeah. yeah. What I love about screen is because on stage, like you, you are, you do work with your whole cast and with the audience, but it's also very much main character energy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm the star, you know, I'm looking after me. Whereas yes. what I love with film is so collaborative. Yeah. yeah. More collaborative than theatre, I would say. Um, That's what I personally find Mm. anyway because, you know, in order for a a shot to work, it's not just you that needs to be doing your job right. It's it's the gaffer. It's the director. It's the the ACs. It's the the AD. (laughs) So many people have to be doing their job just right for Mm. that single shot. Exactly. The other thing that must be cool as an actor is like you have that, time when you're on set when you're performing and then later on you get to see the final product and how it turned out and how cool it is in the end yeah well i i can't remember who said it um on baron but someone mentioned that there's three versions um of any script there's the pre-production there's the acted one and then Mm. there's the edited one oh yeah yeah. and they're all stories three times yeah 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 so i love you know because you know, you do your performance and, and you see bits of others, but you really don't see how it all comes together exactly, until yeah. you go to that first screening and you mm. see it all together. Yeah, I hate oh. the wait. The wait yeah. <laughs> Far it, were you nervous leading up to the Osmar premiere? Yeah. Yeah? Obviously. <coughs> yeah, because all we'd seen was the stills and I was still just, you know, uh, I, I never even saw any playback. So I was very, very concerned. Of, what was my Did you overact? I think you yeah. said this. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How are you feeling about Baron? Concerned. Anxious. Really? Yeah. Uh, more or less concerned than Osmo? That's a good question. Mm. Mm. We've stumped it. Different sets, <laughs> different kind of things, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember because <coughs> <laughs> it's been two months, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember because the experience of watching it and everything after that has kind of ameliorated whatever concerns I did have. Yep. Yeah. So I can't quite remember if like how strongly I felt mm. or but 
and because I'm in it right now with Baron having yeah. just wrapped it and still feeling like oh, I don't think I gave the right performance for this take and that take and that's why we do multiple takes. Yeah, yeah but I'm st- yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel like oh, I I th- still feel like I had more to give that I could have lifted it that I could have popped more that See, I see Emily said that too. But I think you're always subtle. gonna feel that way. Always. Yeah. You know, mm. And I mean, the, the truth is like. Even as a director, I feel that way. Well, oh, we could have got more coverage, could have done this, mm. could have done that. But when it yeah. comes down to it and you're on that crunch, you've just got to make it work with what you have, the amount of time you have, yeah. all the all the different elements that come together when you're there on the day. Not, you know, we'd <coughs> love to have the luxury to sit there for a week. And you're never going to have enough time. Thing. Yeah. Never going to have And I actually time. think it's good to have limitations with creativity mm. because yeah. when you give people too much freedom, mm. I think that's when it becomes too loose and you lose... Yeah, I I said that, that too. Like, I yeah. like having the structure. I like having yeah. the because I, I like having that that trust. Yeah. That oh okay no, the director, um, in this case you, knows what he wants, so he's going to keep me in in those lanes. Yeah. And you were very good, but I was still just like oh because I, I can't yeah. see it. I'm like maybe I'm doing more than I think, and maybe I can turn it down more if I yeah I'm aware of it. Um, but I also really yeah, like, like obviously just that last take is just sticking in my head. Like I feel like. I don't know. I feel like we finished that not because we nailed it, but because we'd done 12 fucking takes. The the <laughs> shed one? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. No, I got what I needed. Okay. I would have kept going. If, if I know you would have. <laughs> 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 no, because I, I look back at the rushes now. I'm like, okay, we've got it. Because yeah. there's a thing sometimes, because I, especially with one takes, mm. I had this the last time I did a big one take yeah. in my previous film where it takes place at a party and it follows his character through and sometimes you feel like you don't have it. Like you feel like the elements didn't line up perfectly. Yeah. But then you watch it back later and you go, oh, no, we did have it. And it's this really weird reverse thing that I get sometimes where like sometimes I feel like something went well and then I check the rushes and I'm like, oh, no, I could have done it better. Yeah. Other times when I feel like something wasn't so good and I check the rushes, I'm like, oh, no, we had it. Okay. And yeah. So I think. Oh, that makes me relax a little bit. No, no, because <laughs> I, I watched it and that's actually probably one of my favorite parts of the film. I think it works quite okay, well. Okay, great. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know. You didn't warn me. I mean, not that you need uh, to tell the actors, yeah. this is how we're going to shoot. Here's the shot list. <laughs> but just a one take, I'm like, oh, shit. It's yeah. also... I think I didn't even know it was one take until we did two th- two or three takes. I'm like, um, oh, we can just clean this up. With some more coverage. <laughs> you were sort of saying that. I was like... <laughs> yeah, you were, you were like so when shy. Do I'm tell like, him? When do yeah. I tell him I'm only doing this once? Yeah. And he needs to hurry the fuck up. Yeah, no, that no, was great. And... For me, it's also reassuring that I'm doing a good job as a director when I give you a direction and you're like, oh, hell yeah, like I want to try that. And it's good knowing that we have that collaboration where like you're happy to try something and I want to see that from you and we're both on the same page, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so much better than when I was on Osmar. That guy did not. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like our... Our direct, our directing styles. Do you reckon they're similar or different? I what do like, you guys think? Yeah, what different. do you guys think? Different. Yeah, how tell are us. they different? Yeah. How are they different? Um, I feel like. <laughs> so you're good and you're not. <laughs> I feel like no, uh, uh, and may, it, I don't. I can't English. <laughs> She's nervous. It might have One been of us because is about to be let down. <laughs> but it might be influenced by the size of the set. Yeah. yeah. On Ozma. Yeah. Um, and also because I played like a small role. Mm. But, you know, there was like, we'd already done rehearsals as well. Yeah. But there was kind of like, I had no idea how I was doing. But then in my head, I was, oh, yes. I was like, no, no, no. You know what? But that I had in my head. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, no. We've already rehearsed this. And if he didn't like what he was saying, he yes. would tell me. So that's the thing. I feel like um, 
I'm less, I think, vocal when it comes to feedback because I'm more vocal in rehearsals. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I and agree, we yeah. go through every take in rehearsal rather than going through every take on set, maybe. Yes. I yeah. don't know. I might be wrong, but, but like no. That's but it was because at first I was very like, "Oh my gosh!" Like uh, I'm not hearing anything, so I'm not. Hearing, and I was like, "No, <laughs> yeah, no, no." Yeah, yeah. He like you're just there's so many people, so many things you're talking yeah. about, yeah. Thinking about right now. I if was there was there a problem, every single yeah like moment yeah. of filming, and he was very consistently like that. Like yeah, I, I, I can't yeah. even remember yeah, right. a time you gave me. No, that's the thing. Even I right. noticed we, we that. Yes, yeah, so everybody you want variation. That. You're like, no, we've done it. In no, the because I, I think that's that's how I go. The right? first yeah. day, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. He keeps telling me I've nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But then by the end of the third like, day, I'm like, why is this motherfucker staying? It's because <laughs> no, hundred percent. We spend so long yeah. talking about characters and takes beforehand. I think I mold it in rehearsals and by the yeah. time we get to yeah. set, especially I'm very aware because I have the AD brain of what the schedule is going to be like. I like to put that amount of time that maybe other people would do on set in rehearsals. Like, and then when you get to set, you nail it and we move on. And that's, I feel like that's what you guys did. I mean, you did fucking amazing. So yeah, like, but it, but it was like, you know, it took me a while to realize that was your style. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Dan, I would say your style is much more involved on set. Mm, I would yeah. Say. I, I, I like to get variation in the takes yeah. because yeah. you never, I like to give myself as much freedom in the edit as possible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you would like vocalize that pretty much between each take yeah. as well. And as like, I didn't, I don't think I said this on set. I appreciate it so much. So that one shot, <laughs> you know, yeah. the shot I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I struggled. Did that help what I that? said to it you? It did. It yeah. did because so there was this one I shot which is That's how insecure I am. I was like she hated having me on top. <laughs> Continue. No, I'm with you so now. So there's one shot. <laughs> but it is the final shot of the film yeah. and I knew heading into the shoot that that was the most complex and important shot for Lainey's character. Yeah. That mm. is her moment to really get the audience to be on her side, to see her, to relate with her. That's it. That's the moment. And I was prepping so hard for that moment. And then when we got in the room, I just got so incredibly anxious mm. because we did the first one and it didn't happen. Yeah, Everything I'd prepped, it didn't happen. And then straight away we went into a second one and it didn't happen. And I was starting to get really, you know, I was trying not to show it, but obviously you picked up on it. I could feel it. And I had also anticipated that before that you might be in that <laughs> situation. So I knew what I would do if it happened. Yeah. Which well, is what I did do. So it helped so hard because what, what you did, like you took me out of the set, took me away. And then I was expecting, honestly, I was like, oh my God, he's going to tell me like, look, you just really need to get the shot. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> and that was what I was expecting. Excuse me, Emily, can I speak to you for a second? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what what the like, fuck is that? <laughs> You're ruining the whole fucking movie. That's what I was expecting. Like no reflection against you, but that's what yeah, I was expecting. Yeah. And then when you did the absolute opposite of that and you took that opportunity to tell me to kind of just like relax because everybody was there supportive and, you know, every we were making this together and we were all in this together that, you know, and then I could take as much time as I wanted. Mm. Like I went back to my little room and I just like sat in a chair for a while and I just like breathed because, yeah. you know, I just felt so anxious because I was like, every, this, I felt like so much was relying on me getting that shot. I was like, yeah. what, if, what if I can't get that shot? What if I can't do it? 
And then we went and did, and did it like a third time. And it was better, but it still wasn't there. And then did it the next time. But yeah. Like, how did you feel about that last one we got? I look, I think it was definitely so much better than the first few. Do I think that I reached the level that I'm capable of? No. Yeah. Here's the, here was my Which logic. Which isn't a reflection you on you. No, I understand. Like we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah. I understand. And, but here is my logic though. I knew that I would feel it when it happened. Mm. And I started to tear up when you did it that time. I'm like, all right, that's it. Yeah. And the one thing like I get told a lot at acting school, which you, that lesson really doesn't sink in. Like it takes a long time to learn this lesson is as an actor, it's not about feeling. It's about doing. Yeah. Because you could be feeling so much this take. But if the audience isn't getting that, then it won't work. It's crap. Yeah, exactly. It's, so sometimes you don't feel it. But if you were doing it, you make the audience feel it. Yeah. That's when the shot works. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't personally feel it, but I trust you. And like when you said we got out, I was like, okay, it's not about feeling. It's about doing. Yeah, sense. it was just such a complicated shot technically because, you know, you had to walk in. We had to sync up when um, Jared walks over and grabs onto you as well. And then probably the hardest thing is the fact that you, you're looking into a mirror, so you're clocking your performance the whole mm. time. And that probably oh, made it a lot harder for you as well, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm vain as fuck, so I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I could do every take into a mirror. I would be so... I could also yeah. see you in the mirror and you just being this weird <laughs> thing. Just, <laughs> just, just like there, just going like... <laughs> and so I'm going to have this really thing moment. I'm looking at me, but I can see you just... And it, <laughs> yeah, so... But yeah, like the other thing you got to realize is that once you add in all the elements of the film, you add in the music, you add in the the, the camera movement because it looks really cool mm. when you see the final thing. All those elements that you're not thinking about because you're just performing, mm. it you know accentuates it a lot. So you'll see in the end. Yeah, but my my point about bringing that hole up was that at that moment, as a director, yep. you very much saw what I needed. Yeah, and you you know took that step to take me away and tell me, and that like really, <coughs> that was really just a fantastic kind of moment. So yeah. if to reach that point that you feel like you could have gotten to, what do you think you would have needed just to do it more times? Uh, honestly, I think I just need more experience on a set because- It's very difficult. I, you know, I've been doing classes for a long time now and I, I know I, I reached that point in classes in yeah. my rehearsals by myself, I can, I reach that point. But I don't have as much experience doing it in a collaborative environment mm. where I'm aware that there's a time pressure and I'm aware that there's so many people there and we're all trying to get this one shot. Yeah, That's a different kind of pressure. And the only way you can prepare for that pressure is to practice. Exactly. Mm. Very good. I think that's a good good way that's to wrap excellent. that little thing up. Yeah. Jad, we'll, we'll come back to you for a sec. So f I'm going to break this into two parts, this question. So again, just how for you, have you found the crossover between comedy and film and has it helped in either or? And also, do you, I guess this is for both of you, but maybe more for you. You're a bit older than Emily, right? Oh, just a smidge. Okay. Well, do Fanshawe was 55. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, actually? Right. In the script, I had it as 55. <laughs> Bro, we had we had like old so ladies. My first issue, you were like, "Hi, we I'm Mrs. Fanshawe." <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we had old ladies auditioning for it, but that—that's. I think I said this is present to your performance that we went with you. Anyways, sorry yeah, to go back right to that. Um, yeah, the crossover between comedy and film, but also, do you put a lot of pressure on yourself to reach a certain 
goal in this industry by a certain age? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I'd say with comedy playing into it, there's two main ones, two main ways that that, you know, bears out. <coughs> uh, the first one is in my flexibility. Yeah. Um, because I do a lot of crowd work. I do often go on stage with a very loose plan mm-hmm. and respond to the audience and the moment. Mm. Um, and so I'm used to that extra adrenaline you mentioned kicking into high gear and using that to I don't know, think on my feet incredibly fast. Mm. It's not fast for me. It's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. Um, so like when you translate <laughs> that to film sets, you need flexibility. You need to be aware of what's going on and reading the rooms, yep. reading the energies and um, yeah, being able to come up with a new idea like that. Yeah, for sure. So that really helps, especially when I'm behind the camera, mm. if I'm doing something like that. I know that, okay, I've got to throw that idea out and come up with something new yeah. and just adjust to the plan. Mm. So that's been very, very beneficial. Yep. Um, and the other, <laughs> the other main way it plays out in my life is that I fucked up a lot doing comedy mm. and yep. the stakes are very, very low um, in that. So all of the mistakes I made in the comedy scene in that uh, part of my career, um, I've learned from those mistakes and yep. I now have the benefit of all that experience and knowing the correct ways to do things, how to maintain relationships and be professional and respect differences and meet people where they're at. Um, And even just practically like not expecting the moon to just suddenly appear, having to put in the work yeah, build towards something and, Mm. you know, treating other people with kind of respect and not trying to (laughs) find a position of power and hold on to it, which is a lot of, there's a lot of toxicity in comedy and it's a lot of yeah small talent pool. Everyone's just elbowing each other out of the way. Yeah, right. Trying to get to the top. Yeah, uh, right. What would you say is more competitive, the acting industry or the comedy industry? I think they're all very, very competitive in their own ways. Yeah. But I think comedy is probably more competitive because there's just so few spots at the top. There's just so few... Yeah, people that actually break through it's such a grind for like everybody you never really feel secure as a comedian plus you are largely your own person yeah Yeah. so the main thing that's really (laughs) fucking annoying is you can be a very good comedian but a shit business person yeah and nowadays everyone marketing yeah you have to market yourself so it's always been really really frustrating to see lots of comedians who are not that funny but very good at marketing themselves yeah succeed way quicker and yeah you know, I way think more. I think m- a lot to do with marketing as well. That sounds like I'm really bitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lo- uh, mar- marketing as well. Especially what we've found for podcast for for the podcast as well. Maybe not you, but I've done a lot of research. Is yeah. it fucking costs a lot of money to like, especially f- to promote yourself as well. Like you can promote yourself to your own kind of internal circle and stuff, but expanding out and. It takes not only like connections, but it, like money as well. I'm in two minds about that though. Yeah. I think sometimes if you really know how to just target that algorithm in the perfect way, you can actually like okay. blow up. Fair. Uh, something you said was interesting. You said, um, there's just few, one thing. There's yeah. few, <laughs> there's few stop, there's few spots at the top of, for comedy. Yep. What, what is the top? Is it a Netflix original? Is it a worldwide tour? What do you see as the top for comedy? Like when you've reached it with film, you can say, "Oh, my film got a theater release." You know, I'm yeah. winning and then kind of award. I, forgot, or I just something. remember the other part of your question. Yeah, no, you're a good. Um, I think that depends, but you know, just like for you, then. 
for me, I've stopped having it as a big dream to be a super famous, successful comedian. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still love making people laugh. Yeah. But I don't have that as, you know, it's not on my vision board. Sure. So to speak. Sure. Um, That's kind of what I let go of a little bit as a filmmaker as well. I was so like pushing that I need to be like this big director and stuff. Yeah. I wanted it really bad when I was younger and then. As I got older, it's like, you know what? This is what I love to do. But the reality is a lot of people don't make it. And like, You surely still have your dreams and aspirations. I so. do, but I'm not so like... Because when you really think about it, a lot of the time it's your own ego that wants you to be successful. You just want to tell <laughs> people like, oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like now it's at the point where it's like, no, I just love doing this and I want to keep doing this forever. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I disagree. I think I differ. I, I, okay, I actually elaborate. You disagree? No, with no, no. Us? I also disagree in a sense for elaborate. myself. Like I, I do have those big aspirations and goals to do that. But I one hundred percent understand where you're coming from, and I think yeah. that's a that's. I don't really have. I think I'm I'm the complete opposite. I don't know. I get where you're coming from too. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to push in that yeah, direction. Yeah, for sure, like, it's for like sure, for sure. I'm I made this film barren, thinking like, all right, it's a genre film. It's yeah. this amount of this length. Like, yeah. I I can get it into film festivals. Like, obviously, I'm thinking yeah, yeah. about the marketing sure, and the course, next step and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to put so much pressure on myself yes. that it like crushes my soul because that's yeah. kind of what happened to me last year. It causes you too yeah. much anxiety to yeah, continue. Yeah, exactly. Move on. And it's like you yes. sort of need to chill yeah, yourself out to actually allow yourself to become better. Yeah, oh, I so agree with that. Yeah, yes. that's what I had to find in myself. I what think. did you disagree about that statement, though? Um, well, it's not really, it's just different. Yeah, sorry. Of, yeah, yeah. Because it's applying to ourselves. So sure. It's like I can't I disagree with what you think for yourself. No, no. But I do still have those big aspirations. As like you should. I yes. would love to, you know, have acclaim and respect yeah. in the broader industry and to be able to live in America and make movies in the big show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you live in America? Yeah, if they sort out their fucking gun and help. <laughs> yes, I was literally. That's <laughs> bro. We've talked about it so many times with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everyone's like la da 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 da. Oh, more kids were massacred yeah. in school, and we're not going to do anything it's like, about fuck, it. Fuck, man, I just want to support my NFL winning sports team. But God, yeah. go to the fucking. Thing but yeah, that it's it's the big show. It's like yeah. you got to you got to go over there. Um, but I also much prefer, um, the European style of same. Yeah, yep, 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 and, and Korean as well. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I'll go wherever I can go to make mm. the best possible movies because I have incredibly high standards. So I yeah. I do love it and I do want to make a career out of it, yeah. but I don't want to make a, a career that's just adequate, that's just getting by. I want to do the mm -hmm. shit that like lingers, that leaves my mark. I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but if I can, you know, create some things. A that legacy. Really, yeah, have a bit of a legacy and also impact as many people's lives as yes. possible with that. So 100%. I have really high noble aspirations, which sounds yeah. incredibly wanky. But <coughs> Not at all, that's, man. That's just me. And do you have, I think bringing it back to my question, do you put a lot of pressure on yourself to reach this by a certain time? Yeah, I used to. Um, I remember being really young and thinking, oh, I've got to do everything by the time I'm 30. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not even any point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yet, yeah, now that I'm, you know, looking down the barrel of middle age, mm. I am uh, just kind of like, it, I'm just going to get there as quick as I can. Yeah, yeah. right. Not have the deadline set anymore. I'm not looking at a particular <coughs> age. I'm just trying to get there <laughs> at, at as fast a pace as I can. Yeah. Really. No, fair enough. That's a good answer. Um, you, 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 you said that you want to impact 
as many people as possible in their own in in their lives has there been a role or a character portrayal in film history this is for both of you that has impacted you profoundly in the way that you go about your career now in terms of whether that's a theater actor or a film actor somebody that you take a lot of inspiration on and how did it challenge you or challenge your own life perspectives both as an artist or an individual I'll start off answering this question. <laughs> I'll start off answering this question yeah. by joining it onto the other question. Yeah, sure. As well. Yep. So I want it all. <laughs> okay, sharp, hey. Yeah. I want it all. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I, feel, I feel like for the first part of my career, I was relatively passive. I'm not anymore. I'm hungry. I want it. I want it now. That's why. I, <laughs> no, like, uh, I, I love I, it. I love yeah, it. Like that's Passion. why I, I started, I started moving into screen because I was like, you know, I, I've, I love theater. I absolutely do, but I really want to, I've got these huge goals. Like I'll say it here. So I'm accountable for it. Yep. I want to win an Oscar yeah. for best original script. Speak, look down the camera and say that. I want to win an Oscar for best original script. Beautiful. Screenplay, whatever. Yeah. I'll settle for adapted, you know. Like. I want that. Um, Fuck yes. Adapted original. Let's do it. Yeah. By the um, end Short of this film, year, I'm, I'm yeah. writing a play at the moment and I've already set the goal. I want that to have its, uh, to perform next year at Belvoir. Nice. I want sweet. that. And if it turns out how I think it will, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? so I feel like I've just been so passive and, and been so like, because I know that going into this industry, it's going to be a marathon. It mm. is not a sprint. It is a marathon, yep. you know, and I know because I quit very, very early on, I know the experience of quitting and I know how that felt. Mm. So that's how I know I will never quit this industry <coughs> again. Yeah. I Amazing. cannot quit again. And so, you know, after that and after this, I'm like, well, why am I just waiting around and being like, it'll happen when it, no, I want it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. That's you know, like, I'm going to yeah. work for it. And so, I, you know, that's what I think I'm doing. And kind of my, my big inspiration is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yep. No way. Ah, absolutely. In what, in Indiana Jones? No. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she wrote Fleabag yeah, for Edinburgh yes. Fringe. Oh God, that's a great. great and then show. it ended up, you know, becoming a main stage. Oh shit, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And then it ended up at being adapted into a TV, TV series. show. That's how I know it, yeah, 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 yeah. Before that, she also wrote um, and acted and directed her own script, Crashing. Nice. As well. Yeah. Um, so I just love how she's, she's not waiting around for people to give her work. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm gonna write it myself. Yeah. And I'm gonna act in it myself and star it up myself and win Emmys for yeah, myself. Yeah. Like, I love that she does that. and. <coughs> as a writer as well, my f my favorite writing quote of all time is from her. What is it? I open my audience's mouths with humor so I can shove my meaning down their throats. Ooh, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That quote influences all of my writing. Nice. Pretty much. And so the play that I'm working on at the moment, I've described it as a cross between Fleabag and Prima Fussy. Yeah. Facey, I don't know how to say it. I'm not yeah, Latin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the influence of how, you know, if you can use comedy so effectively mm. to gut punch people and make mm. them think and make them feel whilst also, you know, laugh. And I just, I love that. That's what I want to do. Mm. And that's what I'm going to do. Fuck, that is fantastic. I remember you telling me on the first 
the first time that we met, um, which was at the cafe, and some of the the scripts you you were writing, and there was one God I can't remember the 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 name of it or whatever, but there were some wacky ideas and amazingly wacky ideas. Yeah, and I, I loved it. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> yeah, I stopped writing that because I was like, this is too too. Fun. No, <laughs> it was <laughs> so good. Job. But yeah, it was like a. What was it about again? It, it was, was about like, like the fourth dimension. Yes, the fourth <laughs> and dimension. And how the fourth dimension is like basically like a noodle soup and like this whole. <laughs> it was insane. Thing. And then everything everywhere all it done did it with a bagel. So <laughs> I loved it, Jack. Go for it. <clears throat> Take a hero time. of mine is um, yes. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can edit her part out, man. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, weirdly, the first thing that sort of jumps to my mind is Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I loved In the Name of the Father. You know, mm. Growing up, um, yeah, I was always very connected with anything Irish and my mother always liked to lean into that because dad was Irish. And um, so there was that strong connection. So it's, it's an Irish story and it's yeah. a really fucked up true story. Um, and it's Daniel Day-Lewis, an amazing. Emma Thomas, um, Pete Postlethwaite, really, really amazing movie. Um, and I think that was when I first discovered who he was. Mm -hmm. And then as I got into my teen years, would watch everything. I read his biography, all that kind of stuff. And even my year 12 drama individual performance was adapted from In the Name of the Father. Mm. Um, but, you know, I don't know that I ever set out to be like, oh, I'm going I'm to try and be like Daniel Day-Lewis. No, you want to try to be Jerry Kane. Yeah, but at least in terms of reading his biography yeah, and seeing sure. his approach and just like that's a serious way you can approach acting and mm. dive into it. I don't know, I always admired uh, actors who really did something and made yeah. a mark and, and how comedians, you know. I swear you always mentioned this one comedian. I can't remember for the name of me, but you always mention him and he's your favorite. And Oh, Bill Cosby. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> he's straight up the notes. I can't, I can't remember whose name. Oh I'll God. Drop. I know um, you always Rory Scoville, maybe. I don't know. I find him hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, uh, Robin Williams was a huge hero because yeah. his dramatic performances are really, really impactful. Yeah. yeah. It always brings a tear to my eye. Even like Good Morning Vietnam is the yeah. perfect blend of he's so hilarious in that movie. It's beyond comprehension. Mm. And then he just nails the drama. Yeah. And it's such a heavy, beautiful movie. But yeah, I love pretty much everything that Robin Williams has done. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was like the highest bar to ever yeah. be like Robin Williams. Like, see? You can be one of the funniest people yeah. alive and also one of the best actors. Yeah. yeah. Far out. Those are great answers. How about reflecting on both your journeys as actors? Has there been like a pivotal moment or role that has not only challenged you professionally, but also left a lasting impact on your personal growth? Go. So I have one. Or theatre or comedy. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's acting, but it also came from my writing. Okay. And it's about the script that I'm writing for the end of this year. Amazing. So uh, a thing you're taught when, you know, you're starting to really break into the industry is what is your type? What is your typecast? You need to know what your typecast is. Really? Yeah, because yeah, that is the role. They are the roles you will first get cast in when nobody knows who the hell you are. Yeah. So, you know, you need to have headshots that suit that type. You also need to have a prepared monologue that suits that type. So one of really? the types that I always got told was nurse. 
Right. I've been cast as a nurse quite a lot. And so we were doing a monologue night at my school and I thought, you know, what the heck? (coughs) I'm just going to write a monologue piece as a nurse. Mm. And I started writing this piece and it was also around the time that my dad was very, very sick. And I was really kind of just, I spent so much time watching the nurses, you know, and I, I just, you know, I, I kind of started thinking more about them because I'd never really, I don't know, you, I think that you take them for granted. <coughs> I think that you do. And, you know, of course, we were all singing the praises of the doctor and the specialist and everything, but I was just like, these nurses are here every single day. They don't just know my dad and everything about mm. him. They know our names. They know all of us. And they probably know that for every single person yeah. in this entire ward. And I just... I, I, I kind of kept thinking about that and then this piece started growing and then I started imagining a whole kind of story for this piece um, and then I performed the piece for a few people separately and then also came to our first, like the monologue night and I performed it and I was very, very nervous because I felt like I was this, I've written a lot of humour. Um, this felt like the first time I wrote something because I had something to say. Mm. And afterwards, the effect that it had, I had so many people coming up to me in the audience who (coughs) I didn't know, who it turns out were either a nurse themselves, had someone who was a nurse. Some people told me of their own experiences in hospital and with nurses. Um, All these people just started coming up to me and just telling me their stories. Mm. And then um, my plan for writing this whole play was always that I really wanted it to feel like it came from a place of truth. So doing an interview series with nurses of all different ages so that I can imbue their stories into into this work. And I thought I would really, really struggle to get people. People started volunteering. I've been getting emails. I've been getting texts. Fantastic. People coming up to me, people saying like, hey, I've got this friend of a friend who wants to <coughs> heard about it and wants to be involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of, and this was really pivotal for me because I realized that, oh, I, I can't just, I don't just have to entertain people. I can actually say something at the same time. And, you know, I realised that these stories that these people have, particularly with nurses, because they see some really, really horrible stuff. They don't really talk about it with each other because everyone has their own burden to bear. And then you don't want to take that home to your family. So all these stories are just sitting there. Mm. Just sitting there with these people. And so that's why I think people have been coming forward to me because they want their story told. told. Mm. And so that was, that's been really, really pivotal for me. Even just like start of this year. Cause that was only at the very end of last year where I'm like, wow. Okay. I have like the power here to do something that is bigger than myself. Yeah. And to tell these stories mm. of these people and try to honor them and do justice to them. Yeah. And like that has been such a turning point for me. It's fantastic. Yeah. Not just as an actor, but as a, just a creative, mm. like that's why I'm like, Oh, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that's why we do it. Damn. I'm going to make sure my girlfriend listens to this because she's currently on, well, she's just come off placement. She's been doing plays. She's, Placement to become a nurse. So well, if she wants be, to uh, be interviewed. Ooh, she <laughs> yeah, loved theatre as a kid and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think she'll really appreciate that segment. So shout out to all the nurses out there. That's yeah. uh, That was beautiful, Emily. Beautiful. Jared, my friend, pivotal moment for you if you've had any uh, during your career so far. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I, this is kind of wanky, but I'll go right back to 
to the early days um, when I was doing plays in high school. Um, <laughs> maybe I brought it on myself by being way too arrogant and cocky. As I mentioned, I was like, I'm gonna really, I'm going to be a professional. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Is that annoying kid that you just <laughs> Yeah. I might have. I might have maybe done a few things that were annoying. But it was also very, very, it was an all boys school. So it was very, very toxic and like, oh, we can't let him have this. Yeah. So people would try and put that down. And, you know, high school plays, they usually always try and make it an ensemble so no one gets to star in it. And... So it's like it was an ensemble and I wasn't trying to steal the show or do anything. I was just trying to like kick fucking ass. Yeah. I was just trying to do the absolute best that I could yeah. and was excited to be on stage and do as much as I could um, in that regard. But yeah, some some of the other kids were definitely sort of like hanging shit on me and, you know, talking about me behind my back mm -hmm. and trying to sort of belittle any sense of any time I got too confident and excited about my little part of the play. But... Um, <coughs> I had uh, the teacher, I think he gave me a lift home one night. Nothing sus. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this a joke about no, no, to happen? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's, just, it's all a punchline. <laughs> no, it's not. This yeah. is Hunter's entry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, he just, he lived near me. Yeah. Um, so the rehearsals were after school. And so he was nice enough to give me a lift home instead of having to track on a bus and a train. And yep, a bus. for sure. Yep. So in the car ride, he was. Like, he gave me a compliment, but also told me, like, hey, don't tell anyone this. Because, you know, he knew how annoying little teenage boys were. Mm. Um, and he gave me the compliment that was just really simple. You are good at this. You can do this for a career. You have the potential and the talent in you. Just stay focused and keep working at it. Yep. Wow. You can do this. And my drama teacher also said that, I guess, around the same time, I guess I was so focused and so nervous and I was in the process of getting kicked out of that school. Um so they both, around that same time, pulled me aside and said, don't tell anyone this, but I think you can make a career out of this. I think you have something. Wow. Um, which is why, to circle back to what I started the podcast talking about, how I then, the next year, yeah. went to Newtown Performing Arts and the drama teacher there turned me off acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my journey has been to Up try and, and remember yeah, 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 that yeah, sure. confidence and that comfort that those mentor father figures gave me that I lost all those mm. years ago. And when I was doing Ozma, I felt a bit of that return, that confidence of how hey, you can do this. And well, that really sort of came out at the premiere, having watched it yeah, and thinking like, yeah, I held my own there. I actually fucking did, did man. the thing. Awesome. Let, let yeah. me tell you both something. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. No, no, <laughs> no. Me, me, and Josh have very high standards for our films. We want them to be as professional as possible. We cast both of you for a reason because you can do this and you're very good at what you do. Mm. So if that's any consolation, oh. <laughs> <laughs> also you both have very good chemistry with each other. That's yes. one of the big reasons why I cast you both. How? Yeah. How has that journey been? Like as as friends and like kind of forming this partnership. You know, doing like. <laughs> Guys, you're hosts of The Amazing Race. Like, come on, what's happening here? Friends. <laughs> no, I think it's, you know. Hosts of The Amazing Race, what? Yeah, didn't you host like an amazing oh, race? Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did that, we did that, we did that. I forgot about that. Bro, yeah, one of my mates, a, a friend of mine from high school who I hadn't seen for ages, right, and I went to breakfast with her. Um, She was in the premiere for Ozma, and she's like, 
Oh my God. She was part of that group that you guys hosted for the amazing race. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. We should specify wow. for the podcast. It's a team building company. No, it's Channel 10's amazing race. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Ryan. No, Jared Keane. Emily McKendrick. I mean, that would be a sweet gig. Yeah. I, well, I don't know about you. I've always felt like we bounce off each other very well. Like, mm. I think we're both very open and malleable to trying other, like, choices. Yeah, you know, um, sometimes I think we you both work feel with comfortable um, adapting and improvising and just yeah. being funny. Yeah, so which is definitely rare. There's yeah. definitely even when you're working on a comedy thing, sometimes you're acting against someone and you're just like, "Why are you doing a comedy? You have no fucking timing." I feel like you guys are both on a, on the same wavelength that no one else is on because <laughs> you'll start you'll start you'll start throwing jokes back and forth and you're just in this world and I'm just standing there like just appreciate it. Let's bring it back. What a partnership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I like seeing it. It's it's very nice to see. It's good. Yeah. I, I feel like you know that's just a natural kind of element of comedy. Is yeah. you have to be open yeah. and mm. you know unless you're, have you have to know, have that chemistry. Or maybe you worked with that you were saying, but <laughs> like it is just kind of part of it. The the nature of comedy itself, I think, is flexibility. Yeah, fantastic. And the great acting lesson of always is yeah. listen, respond, yeah, be present in the moment because it makes it so much easier to act with someone when they're present, giving you and trying to instead of just. Um, just basically performing for a blank wall. Mm. Yeah. Know? Sometimes well, you can see that. May I drop? Acting is reacting. Mm. Ooh. This does not mean acting again. <laughs> <laughs> just had to. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Dan, question for you. Oh, Do you me. have a kind of moment that's, you know, a pivotal moment in your career that's kind of kept you going or changed the way you maybe view the industry or something like that? I wouldn't say it was one... Um, like particular moment like that Jared and Emily talked about mm -hmm. but definitely a period of time which was last year when I got super anxious because I just thought like that I wasn't going to make it in the industry and stuff I was just looking at the fact this is going to sound silly to you guys but like I was like I'm 23 I'm not getting any younger what <laughs> am I doing in my life like I'm not good enough to do this kind of thing and then I just sort of had to... Yeah, 23 is so old. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I just sort of had Damn. to... Well, because when I was young, like, you have all these goals for yourself. I'm going to, like, yeah. move overseas and I'm going to be a big director. I'm going to do what everyone else can't. And then you realise, oh, wait, no one else can do it because it's very <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Mm. And you you kind of realise that you're not special. And... I not. think you're special, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you were mean. I was nice. I knows he's special. I sort of just had to to take a step back and reevaluate and be like, I realized that the reason why I was feeling so anxious is because I love filmmaking more than anything, and I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do that anymore, yeah. and that was really soul crushing for me. Mm. I thought I was just going to have to, you know, get some other job and then just live with that and then just ha you know filmmaking will be like a pipe dream to me something i get mm -hmm. older and think i used to want to do that but i never really took that journey and that was devastating to me mm. and then i sort of just said i i stepped back and i looked at it i also had like my europe trip where i went away and sort of found yourself in europe yeah like <laughs> it's cliche it's cheesy <laughs> but like i really did i just took some I time away a beautiful girl in prague <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love. Kiss James Bridge. <laughs> oh god! I, 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 that was a, a reset for me because while I was over there, I was really just immersed in a different place for seven weeks. I didn't think about my career. I didn't think about anything. I was like, I'll do that when I get back. And then I got back, 
And I said, okay, now I'll start thinking about things. And then I was working at the warehouse for a bit. And I had this nice balance where, you know, I had this casual job and I could do my filmmaking stuff on the side. And I think that's where I really found happiness because I was like, you know what, I can have a job and then I can still keep filmmaking in my life. And it was like, it was a realistic balance that I had at that point achieved. I mean, I've lost the job now. (laughs) <laughs> I've got to refine my footing, but then, yeah, but yeah, the, of course, the, the growth, yeah. right? The it gro- happens. Yeah, the growth is that I'm in that same spot that I was in last year. Like yes, all that anxiety is gone. Yeah, fantastic. Because man. I know yeah. that I will find a way forward from here, like exactly. I did last year. So. I love that. It's actually, you know, yeah. it actually yeah. is good that you're having that at the incredibly young age of 24. Mm. Thank you. Um, because yeah, I, I don't think I had that kind of crisis until I was 30 or plus. Yeah. Mm. Far out. There you go. Um. What about, gonna, uh, what about you? What about you? Have you quit oh. your crisis yeah. yet? I wouldn't. No. Oh, I, I. I mean, before that's why uh, this podcast is a yeah. uh, remnant of that crisis. You know, I mean, we all go through the little dips and. I shit know like you that. had a similar stage like that. I as had a well, similar right? stage, but I would say a more pivotal role happened, like as to why I got in this. I think I've told this before. Like my grandfather was a filmmaker, and it was only at his wake where they played a bunch of his short films where that kind of filmmaking switch kind of flicked for yeah. me and um that's when i kind of was like you know i grew up he used to put in the vhs star wars and grew up around films yet never really had that kind of like light bulb moment until it was i guess too late but also the start of everything um and that it's kind of what my pivotal moment, I guess. I mean, that's why I'm here now. I've, I've had those kind of lulls like you have. Austin has as well. Like I, everybody goes through it. Um, but, and again, what took me out of it was this podcast and being around like-minded people, surrounding myself with, you know, incredible filmmakers. And now look at us, you know, Austin's made two, you're made one, I've made one, and we'll continue to make it and to the highest quality as well. Um but I'm going to liven the move a little bit before we go to the last little dependent variable. If you guys, if your life's all of a sudden turned into a sitcom, who would you cast for each other? For, oh, each, for other. each other. Yeah, so you cast Jared in a sitcom. Jared, you will cast Emily in a sitcom. <laughs> Are we casting actors to play us? Yes, or? correct. Who would you cast? So, for you, I would cast Dylan Moran. Who's that? Yeah, who is that? <laughs> He's so much older than me. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of it. The guy, Black Books. Man, it fetched me my lolly and it's a frozen <laughs> bottle of wine. Yeah. Have you seen this guy before? Yeah, Dylan Moran is one of the funniest people alive. And oh, Black yeah, comedian. arguably one of the greatest yeah, right. sitcoms ever. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So um, fair Dylan enough. Moran. Dylan Moran. Yeah. What about you? Emma Stone. Oh, oh. yes. That's a good one. Okay. I can get around that 100%. Yeah, because yeah, she's funny. Okay. Oh, she's funny. She's charming. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and she's about to win another Academy Award. Why don't you look at yeah. that? Yeah, hopefully. Amazing. So deserved. A hundred percent. Have you seen Poor Things? Not yet. Yeah, oh, I, watch I it. love the fuck yeah. out of it so much. It's so weird that it's great. Is it, it, is it as good as his other movies? Yorgos? I think it's his best one, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got to check I'm it out. very keen I've been watch. a fan since, uh, I think I was, I think The Lobster was when I discovered yeah. him. Same, oh, same. Yeah, yeah. Sacred Deer is so good as well. Killing yeah, Sacred Barry Keoghan. That's, that was when I was like, who oh, the hell yeah. is this dude? He's so good mm. in that. Yeah. What a guy. All right. Now this is the time of the podcast where we go on to the last segment. We, um, I'm not going to even, what are we fucking <laughs> saying? It's just the segment for the time being where it changes every week. And this week. Let's call we it the are seg. The seg. The seg. Oh, I don't know if I like that. Coming in hot. Coming in hot with the seg. I like that. All righty. We're going to go around the room. One movie you love that critics hate and one movie you hate that critics love. Emily. 
Yeah, the one I love. Yes. Center stage. Right. And is that critics hate center stage? Yeah, it, it, it does not have great reviews. Anybody who was a dance kid growing up Ooh. will have seen that movie. That Damn. movie is formative to me. I watch that movie every single year. Yeah. It was one of Zoe Saldana's first ever oh, movie yeah. roles. Right. It is simply of like one of the best movies ever made. I will not hear a single word of criticism <laughs> about this movie. It is perfection. Yes. The dance sequence at the end yes. is in astounding. Yes. And it is awesome. Altogether, just a work of art. So have why don't critics like it? Ooh. Because they think it's, it's basic. Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen Shake It Up with Zendaya? Shake It Up. Mm, one Wasn't of the best TV. TV yeah, one of the best TV shows ever created. If you like dancing, go watch that show. Moving on, I'm joking, don't watch it. It's a Disney show uh, with Bella Thorne and Zendaya. All right, what about a movie that you hate that critics love? <laughs> <laughs> I get quite passionate Strap about in. this one. Here we go. Yes. So there was a movie that I've been told to watch yes. over many, many years of my life. Mm. And finally last year I was like, tonight's the night. Yeah. I'm going to watch this movie. Oh God, what is it? Rocky. Oh, oh, you didn't like it? Oh, no. I thought it was one of the most piece of shit films <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> really? That's a great sentence. I thought it was one of the most piece of shit films I'd ever seen. I remember, Holy and I remember shit. hearing all the stories about Sylvester Stallone, you know, how he wrote this movie, you know, and sold it, but refused to actually sell it unless he got cast. And this whole story about how he wrote it in three days. And tell you what, watching that film, you could fucking tell. Like that script had less development than like, I don't know, like some kind of shitty character. Like there was just, it was oh. a steaming pile of undeveloped lettuce. Like it just had no substance At beyond least the being female lead water. was good though, right? There was so much for She the had no lead. character development past <laughs> this man's fantasy of the having a savior complex. Sorry, have you seen the, have you seen the Creed movies? No, I can't. I, like Creed. I can't go past this. Well, I mean, yeah, fair. Um, fuck, fair enough. I, I guess all I, you can say is that you pity the fool. Yeah, look, man, Emily, fair enough. You, that that was a me. That was a me rant right there. Yeah. I respect it. I I really respect it. Jared, what about you, my friend? What's a movie you love that critics hate? Oh, man, this is tough. Between I really wanted to do the two, but yeah. I'll just. I'll do with the one that people will more likely know because yeah. I feel like the first one I had, I don't think anyone's really going to know unless they're a deep comedy fan. Yeah, okay. So the first one I was going to lead with was See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Heard of it. I don't yeah, it's a Richard yeah, Pryor, Gene Wilder movie. It's yeah. like, I think the second or th third last movie that Gene Wilder ever did. Um, I grew up on it. I love it. It's yep. amazing. But yeah, people don't know it. Uh, okay. And critics hated it, which is bullshit because it's fucking great. Fair. Right. Um, but yeah, the main one that I got to go with I'm shocked it's only 29% on Rotten Tomatoes because I absolutely love it. Oh, here we go. The movie is Hook. Oh. Hook rules. When did you watch it for the first time? At the cinema in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> With nice. my family. It was there fantastic. We all loved it. And yeah. growing up, then obviously Jurassic Park. Yeah, of course. So I was just like, who this? And Indiana Jones, big Spielberg fan. Yeah. Um. And I can attest, like, I have a friend who growing up didn't get to watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Her family was really strict. Mm -hmm. So we went through uh, and made, like, a whole list of all these classic movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s that she never got to see growing up. Yeah. And we watched them. Oh, we watched nice, Hook yeah. together, like, three of us. And me and the woman who'd seen it before, like, <coughs> enjoying the film and watching our friend experience it for the first <laughs> time. And she was fucking loving it as That's well. That's amazing. Oh, we were all, yeah, we were just, like, Good drinking 
gin or wine or whatever, just yeah. having some drinks, watching Hook and just being like, this movie's really beautiful. Fantastic. <laughs> it's so nice. It's about childhood and parental. And, <laughs> and then there's the song that the little girl sings that won an Oscar and you're just like, ah. And then Bob Hoskins is just fucking hilarious yeah, the whole good. time in the background. Dustin Hoffman knocks it out of the park as yeah. he always does, but like especially in that one. Mm. And again, yeah, Rob Williams, I just love him. Fantastic. I love him. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I love that movie as well. Uh, movie you hate critics love. <laughs> I know what it is anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got to choose. This uh, one. Guardians no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I don't, no, I don't hate that, I Guardians 3. Yeah. It's just a big, big, big fucking letdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair. Oh, I mean, I don't agree, but like, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which one? I like that film. I okay, I'm going to go because it's more controversial. I was going to say The Menu, but I feel like oh. only uh, yeah, I wasn't critics a big, liked it. I wasn't yeah. a big fan. Just watch movie. Triangle of Sadness or The Platform, the Spanish movie. Way yeah. better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got to say the movie that I hate that critics love and way too many people love is Top Gun 2. I think it's a piece of shit. Oh, you don't like Top Gun Whoa! 2? I love Top Gun 2. I That's love so it. It was fucking amazing. It's on I my like, list of best in, of all time. I think in a few years time, maybe it'll take as many as 10 years time, people will look back and go, oh yeah, actually, no, we only liked that movie because it was just after COVID and it was the first time we'd been no. to the cinema. It's my number 11 of all time. It's boring. I'll go through it. I got <laughs> notes. I got the receipts on why this the movie sucks. The story is quite simple. The but, story is right. simple. You can't even sum up what happens in the movie. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, here we go. All right. Let me go through my yeah. list. Go for it real quick. <laughs> uh, that is not a quick list. <laughs> All right, fuck. You give us- No, I'm reading the Give notes. us three points. Go. Go for it. Uh, three points. All right. The movie's actually sad because Maverick is 60 years old and he's never- had a fucking family, all that love story from the first movie, yeah. gone. Yeah, he never yeah, built true. a successful career. He's just a test pilot and he's still doing stupid stuff like trying to get an extra point. Okay, <laughs> idiot. Why didn't you build a your, your whole arc in the first movie was to like be this successful fighter pilot and make your dad yeah. proud. And what the fuck have you done? Yeah, fair. You're a test pilot at 60, this is stupid. Yeah, fair. You don't yeah. have a family. He's also doesn't even have a relationship yeah. with Goose's son. So it's like, yeah. your best friend died and you just left the family and you didn't like become a part of that family to support them. You were kind yeah. of, you mm. know, it's just, yep, the whole agree. arc of it is sad and disappointing. It doesn't have a good villain. There's yep. no Val Kilmer. There's no bold guy from Back to the Future. It's sexy, sexy John Hamm and fucking wet towel Glenn Powell. <laughs> <laughs> wet towel Glenn Powell, hashtag yeah. that. All right, Dan. Do you want to go? Okay. Real quick. We sure. have four minutes. <clears throat> yeah. So um, what am I starting with? Uh, like. A movie you love that critics hate. Um, I didn't actually know that this was hated by critics until I looked it up the other day and saw it has like 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, the Change Up with, you know, the movie where Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman switch. Oh, that's when they switch bodies. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I love that movie. It's so fun. Oh, it's yeah, a good watch. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, funny, yeah. charming. It's usually the, the, the charming comedy, like rom-commy yeah. kind of films that get the shitty Oh, right. If you yeah. like that, have I got a couple movies for you. It's called Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I oh. Vice Versa with a Judge Reinhold Classic. and Fred Savage. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair. Um, movie you like hate the critics love. Okay. Movie I hate the critics love. Yep. I have spoken about this a couple of times before, but I yep. decided to rewatch it the other night because I wanted to give it a chance. Uh-huh. After Sun. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, have you seen After Sun? No, that's the Paul Mascal run. Yeah. Right? Everyone was like talking about how, mm. how like beautiful the ending was. Walked out in tears and stuff. I watched it. I'm like, there's nothing like interesting yeah. about this. It's like, mm. it's too vague to be interesting, but it's, 
it's just this weird blend, this like muddy movie that doesn't really say anything at all, and it's trying yeah. to be profound, but it just says nothing. And Fair it's point. Just, oh yeah, I hate those kind of movies. Yeah, like the cinematography is nice. That's about it. Paul Mescal's performance is good, and the girl I can't remember her name right now, Frankie something. They're mm. good. That's about it. Fair. Yeah. All right, movie I love, critics hate. Yeah. Um, Friends with Benefits. Oh, I've, I've said um, I've, yeah, that's that's the that. movie I've seen the most, believe it or not, in my whole life. I've what? Seen just yeah, bro. I grow up. I grew up watching. I was a sucker for a good rom com back in the day that stuck with me. Yeah, no, I think Mila Kunis Mil- is why you like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. How many times did um, you watch Black Swan as well, you perv? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've ever seen Black Swan about once. And how many times have you seen a certain scene? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, another movie that I can... I, I'll just chuck this out there that I love no that King critics Shame, hate. No King Shame. Yeah, uh, Malcolm and Marie. I fucking love that movie. That's my number yeah. two of all time. Oh, that's the Zendaya. Um, the critics Zendaya. Like No, yeah. they fucking despise oh, that movie. I, I love that. Yeah. Incredible writing. It's amazing. And they made it during COVID. It was just... I think the standard for me is a one location kind of... Yeah. Shoot. Love it. Uh, movies that critics... That I hate that critics love. All Basically... Them. All of them. Um, <laughs> but if I have to spout, God, I have honourable mentions. I have everything. Uh, American Psycho, watched that recently. That was, I don't know. I've already ranted about that piece of fucking <laughs> trash. I just hate that movie. Uh, another one that I haven't mentioned, Spirited Away. Um, people like oh, that movie. Yeah. I just found that super, oh, super yeah. confusing. And just those Studio Ghibli movies, I found very confusing. Honourable mentions, Fight Club, Pulp Fiction, Power of the Dog, Matrix, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all gutter. Trash. How dare you say that about The Matrix? Yeah. I remember with The nowhere. Matrix. What? Oh, okay. Shut up, Siri. I remember with The Matrix. Yeah. I still have not seen the film. Yeah. But I read the script so that I could write a script reported on it for class. Yeah. Most memorable quote from my report on that, that the characters felt as flat as the page they were written on. <laughs> I agree. Not yeah, I can't imagine it's a wrong. great script. It's a lot of it's the It's a terrible script. Yeah. yeah. Terrible the movie style makes as well. It. It's very well made. Um, just... Trash, man. Um, anyways, I'm sure everybody's heard my thoughts on those movies. Um, <laughs> but just really one that really stuck out to me was American Psycho. Like, I knew people liked that. But, God, I could not find anything redeeming I can understand why. Movie. Um, it's a satire, you see. Maybe you're just not getting bro, it. Bro, some guy on Letterboxd commented that exact fucking thing under my review. <laughs> that's why it. I did I'm the like, voice. Yeah, literally. <laughs> anyways, guys, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank did you enjoy you. yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I like talking. Perfect. Well, guys, um, plug your two things that you've got coming up. Your theatre, your Odyssey theatre, if you have anything you want to plug, and then your uh, comedy show as well. Go for it. Quick. Odyssey Theatre Company. Uh, We have a show coming up soon called Once Upon a Grim Night, and then a few more this year. Probably the final one, Nurse One, called Cutting Room Floor. Nice. Jared. Cool. Um, Well, I... I'm doing a stand-up. Well, it's like a one-man comedy show in yep. Newcastle, March 15th and 16th. Yep. Uh, my Instagram is at jkyeah. Yeah, baby. Because I wanted all my at replies to be conversational. Nice. Um, JK, yeah, so as I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so find me on there. I also, if you're in Sydney, I host a burlesque and cabaret show every Friday, Saturday, and the last Sunday of every month. Perfect. It's called Bamboozle Room, so you can check that out. And who is Jared Kane? Newcastle. Exactly, yes. Oh, sorry, I should have mentioned. Yes. yes. The, the Newcastle Fringe show it is called Who is Jared Kane? Perfect. Go and you will find out, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, exactly. I'm keen for next week where we dive deep into your film set, but thank you. 
Good shit today. Thanks, Josh. It was a good episode. Good stuff. What are we going to do? We're going to tie a little bow on this one. And if you guys want to catch us, we got the pre-production meeting, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and YouTube, and the pre-prod pod on Insta and TikTok. We're bringing TikTok back this year, ladies and gentlemen. And we will see you next week. See ya.